Good morning, good people. My name is Nicole Donnell, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from the United States, Liberia, France, Zimbabwe, and Costa Rica, to name a few. Welcome to Season 3, which is all about the financial tools we need to budget for today and tomorrow. If you're just joining us in Season 3, we've had amazing collaborations and discussions about financial literacy, IRAs, high-yield savings accounts, the financial benefits of therapy and credit card rewards, and so much more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. With over 21,000 downloads, the Black Girl Budget Podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and more. So today we are talking about 401ks. And when I got my first job out of law school, I had a type of 401k and I had no idea what that meant. Like, <laughs> our, I think at the time our 401ks were with Charles Schwab and my office had a representative come out to speak with anyone who had questions about the retirement plans. And one day I actually went to talk about um, the type of plan that I had with the representative. And what I tell y'all, I had no idea what this man was talking about. Even though I asked him questions and he answered they were not clicking for me. So today we're going to go over the basics of 401ks and I want to make sure that it's clicking, Stephen. <laughs> so 401k is an employer-sponsored retirement plan that allows employees to contribute pre-tax dollars via payroll. Remember we talked about pre-tax dollars in episode seven of this season when we discussed IRAs? Before our check hits our hand or direct deposit, consider it pre-tax. When our check hits our hand or bank account, consider it taxed. That's the easiest way to remember it. Now, the money being contributed into a 401k is with pre-tax dollars via payroll. And this is a traditional 401k, I should say. So what does that mean? Before you get paid, however much you decide to contribute into your 401k is taken out of your paycheck and put into your 401k. You don't even see that money. But before we really dive in, Y'all know I have to give y'all the history of 401ks because I was a little shocked at how 401ks became a thing. So I'm very excited to share. You may already know about the 401k term referring to the section 401k of the Internal Revenue Code. But did y'all know that 401ks were kind of created by accident? So in 1978, Congress passed the Revenue Act, which included a provision that was added to the Internal Revenue Code that allowed employees to avoid being taxed on deferred compensation. That provision was Section 401K. Well, in September of 1979, this guy, Ted Bina, was working for and co-owning a consulting firm, right? And he's in the process of redesigning the retirement program for a bank client. Now, at this time, a lot of people were aware of Section 401k, but because it was created for a completely different purpose, no one thought to use Section 401k the way it's used today. So Ted's bank client wanted to replace its cash bonus plan with a tax-deferred profit-sharing plan so employees couldn't have access to the money until they left the bank and were no longer employed. The president of the bank wanted to add this kind of plan because, well, obviously there was a tax break for it. <laughs> so a few years earlier, Ted had actually come up with a program for another bank client that replaced their cash bonus program with a contribution to a retirement plan with additional benefits for the employees. But the employees were not feeling it. Like 
it's my money and I want it now. So to avoid a similar reaction from the new client's employees, Ted needed to find another way to satisfy both the president and the employees. And y'all, it was honestly an act of desperation that got Ted's creative juices flowing. And he realized that he could use Section 401k to design a plan allowing each employee to put into the plan whatever portion of the cash bonus they wanted. But he needed to get the lower paid employees on board. So he came up with the employer match incentive. This is so wild to me. He comes up with the employer match incentive. And at the time... Most large companies had a plan that allowed employees to put in after-tax dollars and get a contribution match. Now, these are after-tax dollars. So using the 401k section of the code, Ted came up with the idea to allow employees to save pre-tax money into a retirement plan while receiving an employer match. What's crazy is Ted's banking client rejected his idea. They were like, hell no. The bank's attorney didn't want them to do it because it has never been done before. And like, I don't even like lawyers, y'all. I don't. I don't. Because they just be saying no to the wildest things. But I can see, like, this was going to be a risk and possibly liability. And I mean... This was all popping off like in the 70s and 80s. So the bank's attorney said no. Now, let me tell you about Petty Teddy. He uses his own idea for his own company, the Johnson Companies, and they became the first company to provide 401k plans to employees. Y'all, like Ted is is actually still out and about. I think Ted just recently did an interview in like December of 2021. Like my guy is still out here doing his thing. So by 1981, The IRS proposed formal rules for 401k plans. Now, keep in mind, Ted comes up with this in 1979. So by 1981, the IRS is like, all right, we need formal rules for these plans. By 1982, several large companies started offering 401k plans to their employees. These new accounts quickly became popular. In 1983, statistics show that 7.1 million employees were participating in a 401k plan. That's a lot of people. In 1984, though, the Treasury Department under Ronald Reagan (laughs) proposed killing the 401k because they were concerned that tax receipts would fall too fast as more workers funded their retirement plans. So remember, workers were funding their retirement plans with pre-tax dollars, which reduced their income and in turn lowered how much money they were being taxed on by the government. Basically, bigger tax refunds. <laughs> so interestingly enough, we remember we talk about IRAs in episode seven. That same argument was also made to get support around the Roth IRA because Roth IRAs are with after tax dollars. So the government is still getting their cut up front. All of it is intertwined. So wild. Um, By 1993, there were 38.9 million workers contributing to their 401k. And as of September 2021, 401k plans covered an estimated 60 million people and held $7.3 trillion in assets. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now, let's talk about how they work. If your employer offers a 401k and you meet the eligibility requirements, you'll need to decide the type of 401k plan and how much you want to contribute. Now, let's say we decide to contribute $500 a month. It will automatically be withdrawn from our paycheck and invested into the funds of our choosing. 
in order to qualify for a 401k, you have to be 21 years or older and have at least one year of service. And there are about seven different types of 401ks, but today we're only going to discuss three specific plans, and that's the traditional 401k, the Roth 401k, and the 403b. The traditional 401k is what we've mainly been talking about, right? We contribute pre-tax dollars, the direct deposit hasn't hit yet, into our retirement account and we invest that money. And sometimes you'll hear it called tax deferred. It means the same thing. Tax deferred means pay taxes later. Pre-tax means we haven't paid taxes yet, aka we're paying taxes later. With this kind of 401k, we will be taxed on the money when we withdraw in retirement. So with the traditional 401k, you're going to get your tax benefit up front because we're contributing pre-tax dollars. That's going to lower our income, which is going to lower the amount of money we're being taxed on. Then we have the Roth 401k. And what does this remind us of? Exactly. The Roth IRA we talked about in episode seven of this season. Did we contribute pre-tax or after-tax dollars into our Roth IRA? Yes, after-tax dollars. If you don't remember or if you got that wrong, listen to episode seven once this episode is done. So with this kind of 401k, we also contribute after-tax dollars and the income earned, dividends, capital gains, etc. is going to be tax-free when we withdraw it in retirement, just like a Roth IRA. I personally like the Roth accounts because I already know what I'm going to be withdrawing in retirement instead of having like a large amount of money being taxed and withdrawing less than what I thought I had. So um, I really like the Roths for that reason. But I mean, Roths are very strategic for other reasons and other reasons. And traditional accounts are also strategic for other reasons. So just keep that in mind. But that's why I like Roths. Um, They're also really good for people who think they will be in a higher tax bracket in retirement. So keep that in mind as well. Now, the third one we're going to talk about is the 403B because it is very similar to the traditional 401K, except it is specifically for tax-exempt charities, schools, churches, government employees, teachers, professors, and so on. And I want to mention this because if you have one of these, I want you to be confident in benefiting from it. It's basically a regular schmegular 401k like just because the numbers have changed and the letter changed don't be freaked out it's basically a 401k so the difference between a 401k and an ira like there there are a few differences right but first we need to remember that there is a traditional 401k and a roth 401k and there is a traditional ira and a roth ira we know the main difference between the traditionals and roths are the are when the money is taxed But there are some additional differences between 401ks and IRAs in general. So one major difference is the contribution limit. Remember, with an IRA, we can only contribute $6,000 a year, and that's if we're not playing catch-up. With the 401k, we can contribute $20,500 a year. Think of investing an additional $13,500 every year. Like, that's a major difference. Another difference is the distribution So with the 401k, you have to start taking retirement distributions at age 72. With an IRA, you can withdraw as late as you want. So you can be 75, 80, 90, whenever you want to withdraw from an IRA, that's when you withdraw. For the 401k, it's called a required minimum distribution, and they start at age 72. And if you don't start withdrawing at 72, there is a penalty. So 
keep that in mind as well. <laughs> now, the major flex of 401ks is that the employer will offer a match incentive. And not all employers, but a lot do. So let's say we're making $50,000 a year and we decide to contribute 3% of our income. That's $1,800. Now let's say our employer will match dollar for dollar 3% of our income. So we put in $1,800 and our employer will add another $1,800. So the amount of money we've invested goes from $1,800 to $3,600 and we only did half the work, right? Some employers provide different kinds of matches, like I've seen some go up to 6% or 8%, but keep in mind that not all employers offer match contributions. So if you realize, hey, I have a 401k, you need to talk to your employer and ask what are the contribution matches if there is one. Now, I wanted to give some statistics on how much black women are investing in 401ks, but I found a lot of statistics that focused on the median amount and not the average. Um, the median is, is the middle, right? So while those statistics I can appreciate, I really like the average because I think it's a little more all-encompassing. So I'll try to get y'all some statistics in a later episode if I can find them. Now, here's some things to remember about 401ks. First and foremost, when you decide what you are contributing into your 401k, you can do it in one of two ways. You can say every month I'm going to contribute X amount of dollars. 500, a $1,250, you can say X amount of dollars. The other thing you can do is say every month I'm going to contribute a percentage of my income, which some people do. It doesn't really matter which one you do. Just remember, if you get a raise or an increase of some kind, you want to increase your contribution as well. So I think the percentages can be helpful for some people who may not remember to increase their contributions. Because if you say, oh, every month I'm going to contribute $500, even when you get a raise, you're always contributing $500. But if you say every month I'm going to contribute 3%, then every month you're contributing 3% no matter how much the raise is, right? So it'll be 3% of your monthly income that's 3000 or 3% of your monthly income that's 4000 But it'll automatically increase because you're doing a percentage and not a fixed number. So that's something that you should consider when determining how much you're going to contribute. Um, another thing to remember, if you leave a job, take your 401k with you. I cannot stress this enough. Take your money with you. You can um, roll your money over into a new 401k with a new job, or you can roll it over into an IRA. Some companies have a time period that you have to wait for before you can roll the money over. So just ask if you're leaving a job, like, how long do I need to wait before I can roll my money over into a new account? And it might be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, but um, it's not too long. Just set a calendar date so that way you remember, let me hit the people up and roll my money over. Um, I've mentioned this before, not all employers offer 401ks. If yours doesn't, that's okay. Consider getting an IRA. Just because your employer does not have a retirement plan or specifically a 401k doesn't mean that you're just going to throw caution to the wind and not prepare for retirement. We are going to get us an IRA, um, bare minimum, we're going to get us an IRA. The maximum contribution for 401ks in 2022 is $20,500. And remember, contributions can change from year to year, just like IRA contributions. 
for for 401ks, there is an additional catch-up contribution for people 50 years and older. So if you started investing late and you need to catch up, you can contribute an extra $6,500 a year. That's contributing and investing $27,000 a year. And what's crazy is that's some people's annual salary. But I'll, I'll get on that soapbox another day. Um, so the the other thing that you should remember is for some employers, they will require that you work for the company for a certain period of time before you actually vest. And what that means is um, before you can actually own the money that the company is matching you with or contributing into your account, you have to have worked there for maybe three years, five years, or six years. And then the company says, okay, we feel like you've been working here quite some time, and we trust that you're not just going to take our money and run off. So now it's officially yours. You own the money that's in your account. If you quit or leave the job before the vesting period happens, then you won't take ownership of that money. So that's another reason that some people stay at jobs longer than they want to or as long as they do because they're waiting for that vesting period. So Another thing to keep in mind. Um, now, if you still have questions about 401ks, feel free to send me an email on the Black Girl Budget website, blackgirlbudget.com, and I'll answer it on the podcast. You could also ask your employer directly about your plan and its benefits. Um, 401ks are pretty straightforward, and because we talked about IRAs, a lot of this discussion is similar, um, but they do operate differently. So just remember, you got pre-tax dollars, you got employer matching, you got vesting period. There are some major differences and some major benefits to 401ks. And the great thing is you can have a 401k and an IRA at the same time. Like no one's going to stop you. Um, you can also have a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k at the same time as well. It's all about how much you can afford to contribute and how your uh, investing strategy is looking. So you might want to invest with more pre-tax dollars. You might want to invest with more after-tax dollars. You might be able to afford contributing $20,000 a year. You might only be able to do $2,000 a year. So keep in mind that even though you have all these options, you really want to focus on what can you afford to contribute and what is your overall strategy to hit the number that you need in retirement. And I recently dropped a video on TikTok explaining how you come up with the amount of money you need in retirement and how to determine if you're still on track to get that number in retirement. So, yes, if you guys still have questions, just shoot me an email on the Black Girl Budget website and I will answer it on the podcast. Now, let's move into new business. I'm adding this segment because I've been getting really good questions from you all. And I know the responses can benefit the Black Girl Budget community as a whole. So I will be responding to questions on the podcast. If there's also new things happening with Black Girl Budget, I'll add it to this segment as well. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, I don't know why, <laughs> you can subscribe on the Black Girl Budget website and get monthly budgeting tips and so much more. The website is actually undergoing construction right now, and I am very excited for you all to see the new website, so stay tuned for that. Um, I did get a question earlier this week, and the question was, how do I maximize my high-yield savings account? This is a really good question. Um, I think people hear high-yield savings account, and because the name is so freaking long they're just like wow that's a little scary but remember um we've talked about high yield savings accounts in episode six of this season so go listen to that episode for a lot more information but your high yield savings account is just like a savings account we're just 
getting back more interest. Um, it's perfect for long-term savings, like your emergency fund. So a lot of people have three to six months in their emergency fund. The fancy people have six to 12 months in their emergency fund. But keep in mind that your HYSA is also good for short-term savings as well. And this is how you can maximize. Short-term savings include down payments for cars and homes, vacations that we're planning for, and maybe large gifts that we're trying to give to people. So keep those short-term savings in your high-yield savings account so you can maximize that interest. What you're trying to do is just put in more money into the account and leave it for longer periods of time so you're maximizing that interest rate. And that's why I really like Alibank because they have buckets that you can separate your money into instead of having a bunch of separate accounts. So definitely look into getting a high yield savings account and start maximizing today. Like if you're using a traditional account, go ahead and transfer your money into a high yield savings account. It's actually very quick and simple um, and it doesn't take long whatsoever. So like I said, you're not going to get rich off of a high yield savings account, but it's certainly better than getting peanuts on the dollar. <laughs> so lastly, the podcast is now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when new episodes are available. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Join me again next week when we discuss another financial tool that can help you along your financial journey. I'll see you guys then.